The Angry Chicken is a production of AMove TV. Bookmark AMove.tv for more gaming and esports shows. The Angry Chicken is directly supported by listeners like you via patreon.com slash TAC. podcast about Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft. This is the Angry Chicken. Greetings and welcome back everyone to the Angry Chicken. I'm Garrett Weinzerl here as always with Dills and Jocelyn. Welcome back you two. What's up? Excited to talk about some Hearthstone man. There's a lot going on right now. There is quite a bit going on. At the same time, too, a big interest in what is not going on. But we'll talk about mm. that. In a, we'll talk about that in a, mm-hmm. in a second or two. Uh, but uh, before we get into that, just how's your how's your Hearthstone week treating you? It's been good. I've been back trying to do my fifteen game uh, try hard sessions uh, because I haven't been able to do that in a while. Like sit down and just do fifteen games in a row, right, and play a good deck. Uh, although the other day I did, I did take kind of a challenge that I'd heard on Firebat's stream, or maybe it was Omnistone or something like that, where he said you can kind of put whatever cards you want in Rogue, and it'll still be fine. So I just took like the Rogue shell, the the Tempo Rogue best deck with two ofs of all the things, and I took that, and then I said, okay, well let's take a bunch of stuff out and then throw in some crap, some memes and some whatever, and can we still win? And yes, yes, you can. Did you uh, did you name it Crap Rogue? No, I, I just I did tried a couple different things. So first I put in the the Tack Whisker espionage package, trying to get like the dream of the Tack Innervate uh academic espionage and then you know fill your hand with one cost spells and stuff. Um that never really happened because more often than not I just killed my opponent before we got to that point. Uh then I tried out uh what did I do? Oh, I put in Barista Lynch in. And Togwaggle, and I did that thing. And then again, I would just kill my opponent with Waggle Pick and charging stuff and evil miscreant things. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's the reasoning why he was saying that. Is like, you can throw in all sorts of weird stuff, but it's really just that core package that's just so good and so far above everything else that it doesn't really matter. You don't get to the weird stuff. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's it's awkward. <laughs> it made me feel kind of bad. I was like, damn it. I was kind of hoping that I would struggle with these, with these like, I wonder about other decks though, over the history of Hearthstone that killed their opponents early. uh, If this would also be true for them, because really this is what you're describing is more of an exercise in, well, if a deck wins by turn eight, all that really matters is that you draw well, because the later stuff is, I I guess, I guess the idea though is, um, is you could put cards into your deck that then essentially are dead cards when you draw them and the deck is still good enough, right? So it's like you can have like half a hand compared to your opponent and the deck is still good enough. And yeah, probably you could take like, you know, Undertaker, Death Rattle Hunter and then throw in like Yog saron or something that doesn't fit at all and it'd be fine as long as he still drew the kind of starter package of Undertaker into Haunted Creeper into whatever, you know what I mean? So... That, I think that's like the, the 
the thing because usually a deck needs to be kind of lean and mean, right? All 30 cards need to be pretty good. Uh, the fact that like half the cards in your deck can be pretty good and then the other half can be totally bad and you're still fine is it was an eye opener for me anyway. I, I definitely assumed that the deck would fall flat on its face when it had you know half a hand. I was like I would I would have three cards that were good and two cards that were dead, and the three cards that were good were still good enough to win the game. Right. Yeah. That's that's I absurd, sir. That well, well, well. Thank you for for uh, doing the research for us. I, I appreciate yeah. you putting in log hours <laughs> at the Hearthstone Laboratory. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> got to do that science. What about you, Joss? How you doing? Uh, good. I've just been working on getting my golden classes. So I've got a couple of classes now that are somewhere between 400 and 450. So I'm just not caring about win rate and just trying to get those last 50-ish wins. <laughs> are there are there any that are giving you a particularly hard time trying to lock up those wins? Uh, Mage hasn't been too bad, but Warlock is not having a good time. <laughs> yeah? Are you playing Zoo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Apparently, according to HS Replay, Zoo is like the best deck in the game right now, which I don't believe. According but... to HS Replay, Zoo is always higher than I think it is, actually. Yeah. Like, and I know HS Replay, it's hard stats, right? Like, it's, a hard, it's hard stats. Yeah. They got an API. Like, but... When I play it in practice, it's always like, no, this is so close. This is so this is so much closer than uh, I like my latter games to be. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, um, I, I I feel like I haven't been able to consistently carry with Zoo for quite a while now. Like, it's not a bad deck, but it's yeah, it's not terrible. It's just you know, it's not Rogue, <laughs> right? Yeah. It well, it does okay against Rogue because it goes wide, right? And Rogue's one of its like right now, Rogue isn't running Fan of Knives, so going wide with a bunch of one health minions is actually fine to do against them. The problem though is they also do make lackeys that discover Fan of Knives sometimes. But yeah, uh, I like I find that it's good against Rogue, but it just the Rogue counter is Warrior and it sucks against Warrior. Oh my god, you cannot beat Warrior. Yeah, I'm finding basically that like anything of worth that I would be trying to get on my board just doesn't really matter versus their killing my face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah, war it's terrible against Warrior, but... Well, you also, yeah, you tap down your own life total. You yeah, exactly. Your own life total, yeah. Yeah. So it's like uh, they only have to do like 20 damage instead of 30, and they're just like, oh, here's my 13-bit attack Van Cleef or whatever, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> my face. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the, the boat I've been finding myself in as well. Um, but it's my own fault, though, because I'm specifically playing classes that maybe aren't as good, and I'm just playing to try to get my wins, because I'm playing Shaman, too, and just, like, spamming Murlocs. So, like, I'm not I'm not playing Warrior Rogue, so <laughs> I don't expect my win rate. So do you, do you, are you finding more success with, with Murloc Shaman or with Zudlock? Uh, well, I'm finding more fun with Murloc Shaman. I don't know why, but Murlocs are just... They make me happy, <laughs> so I'm playing them. <laughs> I think it's all the McGurgles, but I don't know. There's just something so throwbacky, I guess, about Murlocs. <laughs> yeah, I like, think the Murloc Shaman is really good right now, but the best version of it is the one that doesn't run just Murlocs. Have you seen there's like a version that runs uh, Thunderhead and like Zap and stuff to try to like be more of just like you get the Murloc thing going, but then you're also tokeny as well. So you don't mm -hmm. rely purely on Murloc synergy. You still can also just like kind of go wide. Like it even has a, I think, Reign of Toads in it and stuff like that. 
It does, but that's too tryhardy for me. I'm just spamming Murlocs. <laughs> I have not seen this one, and I'm looking at it right now, and this is fascinating. Yeah, it's really good. I, I've lost to it many times. That's I first came across it because somebody played a bunch of Murlocs and then played a Thunderhead, and I was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, okay. <laughs> that's that not a Murloc. Good, actually, because then you zapped my minion and made two one ones that rushed, and... I have no board, and you have a 3-5 that I can't kill. Dills, you need yeah, to tell me about these decks. Yeah, I've been wanting to play Murloc Shaman, but I didn't crack the Legendary, and I don't believe in the archetype enough to spend the dust on the Legendary, so I'm going to go play no, this Scargill's version. actually bad, honestly, because the Murlocs are cheap enough already. Like, it doesn't really do that much, you know? I just love the the getting him down and then having the engine of the dude on board that gives you more Murlocs, and then you're just like, and then I play this one, and then I play this one, and it's just like a constant... Yeah, like, the underbelly angler thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do. And I cracked him, so I didn't mm. actually craft him. And he's just fun. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try I feel like day. I'm just, I'm, I'm having fun instead of grinding. Like, my rank is total crap this month, and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this on the download, everybody, I'm adding a link to the deck list to the weird uh, Murloc deck that Dill's just... Murloc making. Overload deck? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like overload. Then there's also uh, a Shutterwalk Murloc thing I've seen. There's all sorts of stuff going on. You can you can take the Murloc package, the base Murloc package, and then just add a bunch of other stuff. Because like if you just have that lean mean version of it, they are pretty good together, and you don't have to like rely on everything working. The problem because like yeah, when you go all in on Murlocs, I'm sure you found this, Jocelyn. You lose the board, and then you never get back on it. Oh yeah, right. then I just concede yeah. and move on. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no way to ever fight back. Like, no, if, no. If I'm ahead, I am kicking your butt, and I'm staying ahead, and my Murlocs are getting healthier and more attack and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, you AOE'd my board. Um, Okay. I guess I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but see, you just have to lean into that when you're playing Murlocs. It's okay. like I get one shot, and either I high roll or I lose, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> then I just get a lot of games in. <laughs> And when you high roll, it feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds like Relic Mage all over again. Maybe I should. Similar, craft very similar. Maybe I should craft a legendary. Anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, Mage don't. also had, Relic Mage had the advantage of like fireball and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like Relic, I guess you can put in like lava burst and things like that, but uh, yeah. Relic Mage was able to burn you out after just a little bit of damage, right? Yeah. Like, I hit you in the face for three turns, and then after that, I don't care about my board. About the board, yeah. Yeah, a lot of bursts, uh, not as good, but it's something you could play with. Uh, anyways, lots happening around the, uh, the, the new single player that we'll be getting very soon, so let's move into this week's news and talk about it. Good news, everyone! So the uh, the Dalaran Heist, which is the name of the upcoming uh, single player solo adventure for Hearthstone, is uh, the hype machine for it is has has officially spun up. We got the video that was uh, that was uh, announced by uh, Dave Kosak in the subreddit uh, went up. We also got the first trailer for the adventure with all the bad guys dropping in like it's a game of PUBG or Fortnite or you pick your your battle royale into Dalaran to sack it. Uh, and then we also got, uh, honestly, my favorite one because it's just so dumb, the live action Rafam on the streets of I didn't catch where they were uh, talking to really confused people that have no idea who Rafam is. And uh, it tickled me pink. I, I actually 
Oh my God, you should watch it. I actually okay. laughed out loud. The the last couple he talks to, and he's like, ooh, she doesn't want to be a villain. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, my favorite was just... <laughs> Don't let why. your don't let your schemes be dreams. Like it just, I snorted. Like coffee came out my nose. It's so cheesy. Like yeah, you, I'm assuming, it was a bunch of cheesy ridiculousness. Here's here's the the test. If you will find this funny or not. Like, do you find the humor in single player Hearthstone anything even remotely giggle worthy? You'll like this trailer. Go watch it. It's very much that that sense of humor. Um, but oh man, I had a great time with it. It was. It, it's I mean, right I'm up all about that. I. I. It sounds like exactly the kind of comedy I like. The like awkward comedy. Uh-huh. It was so awkward it was in the best possible way. Yeah. I loved all the shots too of the people like walking away from him. Like kept turning back and being like, "What?" <laughs> By the way, I. I liked the whole like Uther in an office stuff that they did. Oh, wow. like, I actually thought those were funny. I mean, they were. They. They definitely weren't as funny as they could be. But I was like, this is a cute idea. I'm okay with this. And like, you know, the one where like Uther's calling shotgun, like there was just stuff in there that was like good. And a those, lot of people those were not my lot. favorite, but this was funny. <laughs> sure. my, my, like I, I, yeah, I thought those were like missed opportunities, but if people hated on it. Like it was like awful. And I was like, it's not that bad. It's like, <laughs> it, you know, I don't, it's. Awkward, All I remember but. about that at this point was doing an impromptu angry chicken at the last Nertacular that happened, and Justin Robert Young sat in on it, and the audio quality was terrible, but it was one of the funniest rants I ever heard anyone go on that hated something so bad, and it was just Justin and, and Joss just just dumping <laughs> on those those uh, those shorts, and it was one of the fun- it was way funnier than the shorts were, by the way. Uh, was was listening to Justin and Joss dump on those shorts, um, but this was good uh, it, for me. I I really I remember really enjoying the the Arthas interviewing for a job at Team Five back in the mm-hmm. the, the Frozen Throne expansion, and yeah, uh, I like that one too. This is right at that level. It's great. It was really funny. Go watch it. Um, but let's actually talk about freaking Dalaran Heist because we got uh, all of the details basically regarding uh, the upcoming solo adventure. Um, two chapters are going to be available May 16th. The first one is going to be free for everybody. The next chapter can be unlocked immediately for either 700 gold or 699, or you can just buy the uh, 1999. This is all us currency, by the way, uh, bundle that just gives you all five wings as they come out week over week for the three following weeks. Yeah. So you first get one and two. And then three, four, five will be one one week, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, so each chapter is going to correspond to a different location in Dalaran, and each location will have their own uh, what they're calling twist, uh, like a like a sub rule set that kind of pervades over the entire chapter. Uh, the example they showed was in Violet Hold. Uh, there will be imprisoned minions, which you'll be able to mouse over and see. And over after X amount of turns, they will activate and kind of join the fight. Um, I saw a grim patron in there in Violet Hold, which is. Uh, Publicly enemy number one, as far as I'm concerned, in Hearthstone. That should be in Violet Hold. <laughs> no, actually, I guess it would be Yogg Saron. Yogg should be, although, yeah, we're mixing metaphors. It, actually, it seemed like they're just kind of random. They didn't make them actually like minions that would be prisoners, which I kind of assumed when I first saw that. Mm. But like watching the stream yeah. today, there was like, you know, random stuff in there. <laughs> it was just mm-hmm. like, wait, shouldn't they all be, you know, like Yogg Saron or like Cthulhu or something? Well, crazy, not, like, not old gods, gods but like think yeah. like next level down. So you've got some like demons and and sure, yeah, dra- yeah. and dragons and stuff that are in Violet yeah. Hold, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I kind of assumed, but then it was just like, oh no, there was just 
whatever. I wanted it to there. be a like a really scathing meta commentary on some of the most problematic cards that Hearthstone has ever seen over its entire history. Like just uh, old, like unnerfed Undertaker should be in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chat room saying under versions of cards should be in Violet Hold, which I, I love the idea of that. That's, that's dope. Oh, that's that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, the more yeah. I think about it, that would that would be amazing. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine that happen. Like you get in there and out, out comes unnerved Warsong Commander with a grim patron. You're just like, what? What has science done? <laughs> be so good um but i mean at the same time a lot of the nerfs had to do with things that are like battle cries so <laughs> a lot less effective like unnerfed yog you think it well but they have the go off when it enters the battlefield yeah that's true that's yeah. true yep like all of a sudden it busts out of the prison and just starts casting spells everywhere <laughs> that would be good <laughs> it just breaks out and just <laughs> random crap just starts getting cast yeah. that'd be amazing yeah oh, i'd be I very into that, that. But that's uh, not what happens. Whatever. So boo to this whole thing. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just because we came up with the, like the best idea ever in the history of Parson doesn't mean that this isn't also cool. Yes. Uh, no, I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm also really excited about the loadout system. You're, you're going to be able to like customize. the. So there's there's nine classes to play as they're, they're essentially represented as the classes we know in Hearthstone. But the art for the heroes are henchmen. Um. But you're also going to be able to customize them. Like they'll be, you'll be able to unlock different hero powers. As an example, like you're not just stuck with the base mage hero power, or the base rogue hero power. You will be able to unlock uh, other hero powers and other ways to alter your class before you even start your next run uh, by completing what they're calling like mini quests or you know things like uh, they gave the example of freeze three minions or thirty minions or draw one hundred cards. Uh, these will start unlocking a, a permanent options in your loadout for your classes, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's very it's very roguelike, the whole thing. They're like adding more and more uh, aspects of that game style, and that game style is great. I mean, if anybody's played Slay the Spire, it's just like so fun to have a different experience doing kind of the same thing every time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what... I hope this offers, but hope what makes me feel like it's like, oh, I do want to press this button again and play it again, which is what I didn't get out of the last set of solo stuff. So it's it, it really does feel like this is enough things uh, that that like there, there are enough additions and enough ways to alter the experience each time that it is going to do that for me. Right. Especially uh, they did say, too, that um, it'll remember where you are. Right. So you can play this for a little bit on your phone or something, put your phone away and like rejoin. Uh, so if that's the case, that means that'll be the way I play on my phone probably all the time. Cause I never want to queue regular games on my phone in case yeah. I end up having something happen and I lose and I lose a star and I feel terrible. Right. So mm-hmm. like th- all this kind of stuff makes it feel like this is the way I will play on my phone. Unless you really trust your Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, yeah. You, like, like, at that point, on, I'm like, home. Now it's on my phone. I will do that. Yes. Right. But, right. But like, okay, when I'm bartending, sometimes there's no customers, right? So I, I hope your boss isn't listening, Dills. But if one person comes in, I'm in the middle of my game. Like that game is over, and I've lost. Right. So should you be like, you know, making sweet ass lemon twists in your downtime? You know, <laughs> like nah, man. I do all I, that. That's all done already. Up your up your garnish game. I want like a, a, a lemon <laughs> cut into a bird that actually moves its wings. That'd be amazing. Sure. 
<laughs> I should be spending my time cutting the pith out of all of my lime wedges here. Right there now. you go. There you go. <laughs> I am excited about the 27 different hero powers, though, because, I mean, it's very reminiscent to me of, like, WoW specs, and it's something we've talked about so many times. It'd be really cool, and, like, I don't know how balanced all of these are going to be for, like, actual ladder play, but... It's something I would like to see in Hearthstone proper, right? Is the ability to go in and change your hero power from the start of the game, but not in a crazy Genbaku way. <laughs> Just in a, like, I include a card that makes me a Frost Mage. I include a card that makes me a, I don't even know, Demonology Warlock. Like, my hero power is now summoning imps instead of drawing cards or something. But, like, something, like, balanced and fun that, you know, helps out different archetypes and stuff. So I'm not sure what all these hero powers look like. They might be totally OP in in normal standard and wild Hearthstone, but yeah, like it'd be cool to say, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a tank mage or I'm an aggro mage, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and have a hero power that suits my play style. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, just in in regards to how it's applied to the single player here. Like, that's so many hero powers. That's so many combinations. Uh, I mean, obviously not so many because a lot of those are locked to class specific. Well, I each has their own class specific, but that's still so many, that's such a, a major added layer uh, of replayability. Uh, something that uh, I think all three <laughs> of us kind of got to the point where we thought uh, a lot of the dungeon runs were lacking once we got our first taste of dungeon run. Um, and, and it goes even deeper than that. We haven't even talked about deck deck manipulation yet, but you're going to be able to m- like change out cards in your deck in the middle of your run through non-combat encounters. You're basically going to be like meeting up with, tavern owners and trading cards with them using a, a single player uh, currency system. Yeah, basically it gives you like a certain amount of gold to spend and then some cards that cost certain amounts of gold and you can decide which ones to use. Um, and some of them are things like like there will be like four minions on your side and four minions on their side. And w- like One of them I saw was, you know, for one gold I could purchase a minion that was on the other side of the board and add it to my deck, right? And there's another one where it was like, show me four of the minions in my deck currently, pick one to get rid of. Um, so like there's still a little bit of RNG and variance in there, but it's like if I have a bunch of cards that I don't want that are in my deck, you know, it's like if I got a bunch of gold chair footmen in there, I could be like, okay, give me a chance to get rid of these. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, which is a very, I mean, that's huge in roguelikes uh, to be able to dump the dead weight, right? Because you start with some weaker cards. Mm-hmm. As you move into like the later stages, your deck is super powerful, but you still have those cards from the beginning. It's like, now I don't want these anymore, right? And, and I remember so I hated when that. When can you actually go and do the loadout system? Like, is it just at the beginning or is it any time during your run? Or the, run. The, the, okay. the bartering type thing that happens with the bartenders, that happens during the run. But the, yeah, the loadout is like, I pick this before I start. Right, Not all okay. the options are available to you right away. At first, I think you're just stuck with the original hero power, and then you kind of unlock them as you play. Okay. And then there was like the four different starting decks too, right? So I imagine those are locked out too? I think it's all progression-based. Yeah, like yeah. you kind of start with the basic thing and then... Well, how, you how your deck starts, uh, my understanding is, is that's another thing that's uh, unlocked through the mini quests in addition to the yeah. hero powers um, that yeah. you can kind of manipulate like your starter deck 
but your options for those are again behind a progression wall. But you just kind of naturally do those as your plan. Yeah, yeah so. but um, as for like uh, the the deck manipulation, like running into these these tavern keepers, um, I'm not entirely clear on when. But it's to me, it seemed like they were at predetermined points in the run. Yeah, yeah, similar to like sometimes you pick a treasure and sometimes you just pick a set of three cards, you know, in dungeon run. Yeah. Yeah, After some, a certain amount of bosses, some of that nature. That. Yeah, but you have a, but this this is a, a again a much deeper kind of added layer of uh, customizing of your deck, which is yeah, it's it's like it's just everything's turned up to eleven, right? So, uh, like as I was watching, it was just like there's so many decision points, right? And what was really cool though too is that at, by the end, you your deck is super powerful. Like one of the problems that I always had with the, with the stuff is that. I would crush the first, we've talked about it, I would crush mm-hmm. the first seven bosses and then the eighth boss would be just impossible. Right? Yeah, it because like it, yeah, the stuff that, that it did was either, you know, good for your deck or bad for your deck, but either way, it was very polarizing by the end. Either you went minions and then they punish minions or you went spells and they punish minions and you're like, ha I win. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just felt like unfun to me to just then have to have wasted all of that play time, right? But in this one, it seems like you get to the end and, my God, your deck is insane. And that's cool because I wanted to feel really powerful. Like, I, I, me, I wanted to feel powerful and then play against somebody really powerful. But sometimes it just felt like there was just an imbalance in that. It didn't work out. Like, the, the difficulty jump from the seventh boss to the eighth boss was so stupid. Uh, well, do you actually get to see, like, if you're going into the bartender change your deck spot, do you get to see who the next up boss is? Well, I think now they're just in a set order, right? Because I thought they're just in a set order because it's like, but I don't know. I might be wrong. Oh, it can't be. There's 75 bosses total. Oh, okay. 75 okay. unique <laughs> bosses. So there's still a random. Well, I just, yeah, I thought it was like they were doing it like a dungeon, like the old school single mm. player stuff, you know, like where you like, it's, it's a, I fight all these bosses, but you're right. 75 bosses. There's still some RNG in there, huh? That's fine as long as, I mean, I don't know, as long as you're super powerful. Yeah, so like the thing that we're talking about could still potentially happen, yeah, but yeah. you'll have you'll have less like dead draws and, and less crap in your deck. Well, also, if I've then completed some quests throughout those seven bosses or whatever, then I feel like I still did something. Mm. Like the, the problem with the other stuff was it felt like I literally did nothing, right? Yeah. That's like good. I did seven bosses and there's no reason for any of that to have, hap- to have happened, right? That's I a good point. Nothing. Yeah, I've, I've gotten really oddly back into starcraft 2 co-op and i lose sometimes because sometimes i'm bad sometimes i get matched with someone who's bad sometimes we're both bad uh and yet i'm still getting a ton of xp and unlocking like the next level of perks for my co-op commander and it's it's great i didn't even think about progression as as a feeling like in the terms that you're talking about dills but that yeah you're you're totally yeah, right like you see a little bar moving right you feel like stuff is happening yeah mm-hmm. um and that didn't feel that way at all in the uh, dungeon run and the monster hunt. No, it felt stuff. really binary. It was just yeah, like either, I, like win either I win or or, right. or I lose on, at the very end of it. And it felt mm-hmm. like there was not a, I, I had very little control over it. So, to me, we're, what is making me excited about this is that added control. There's so much added control. I have so many more factors now that I get to make a choice on uh, to up the, the power level of, of my run. And I like that. And it actually is the kind of thing where I think there's enough customization here that actually kind of triggers that part of my brain that's interested in a higher difficulty mode. We're gonna, I mean, we're going to find out. We haven't been able to play it yet, uh, unfortunately. But um, this, 
is really piquing my interest uh, the closer we're getting to this. And now that we've, we've had all these details come out, um, and I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> it's freaking single player. I'm actually excited for it. I'm definitely more excited about this than I was for the Rosticon stuff. Like, I still haven't touched the Rosticon single player. So, the, but this seems more fleshed out, more interesting, more replayable, like a game within a game, which makes me happy because then I don't feel so bad about paying for it. You know, like this seems like a card roguelike I'd pay for. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dills, you play the Spire. Like, that's what this feels mm-hmm. a little bit more like. So, and you're going to get cards yes yeah like it's i don't know it's just that that cost uh, that cost will be like yeah yeah, the cost is once you play it yeah 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 and i I, we were offset is the word i was actually looking for Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i know last week we were talking about like why did they wait so long and and now i feel kind of dumb because now it seems almost sort of obvious like because this feels good now because it's been long enough since i dropped an obscene amount of money on pre-ordering card packs that i'm like oh 20 bucks whatever that's fine like (laughs) <laughs> Does it feel, if this was like right up yeah. against the launch, it would have just been sitting there like, I don't know. I guess I could try this stuff. If you but. give me stuff like this and then package in competitive, viable things, like it always feels a little better. Like I actually just bought some bundle in Magic Arena that was like a bunch of that. You know, now they have like card alterations that you can apply. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but you can basically like. You know, click a button and then your Liliana looks cooler, right? Um, but it was like a set of those. But then they're also like, and some gems for a decent price. And I was like, oh, well, if you're giving me gems too, like, yes, I will buy this. <laughs> uh, so it's like, as long as you bundle up some other stuff, like some packs, then I'm just like, yeah, okay. Aesthetic stuff is great. It's like, I never bought the stupid uh, Hunter and Warrior Hero. Sorry for people who love them and whatever, but it was just like a card back. No, that's not enough for me. You'd be nice to my Illyria, okay? She is so much <laughs> cooler than Rexar. But I mean, if you if they had packaged five packs plus the plus the hero plus the card back, I yeah. would have been like, oh yeah, I'll buy that right now. <laughs> Which they I think so they've I gotten better about. I mean, we've had quite a bit of bundles since that have been very good prices for the amount of sure, card packs yeah, that you got bundle and yeah, yeah we've stuff. gotten gold packs we've gotten guaranteed legendaries in some cases on even some of the cheaper ones those are usually starter bundles that we can only buy one of but you know it's they've been they've been trying uh, i'm certainly still sitting here wanting my like full card art variants in in my hearthstone but i'm not sure i'm ever gonna get it and also hey mm-hmm. D- detective pikachu i got robbed with my card pack i wanted i wanted my full art mewtwo what the hell all i got was a was a freaking Jigglypuff. Uh, by the way, we also saw the card that is going to come with this. Zale Shadow Cloak. It's essentially, um, whatchamacallit, Fizzlebang? Wait, what is it? Whizbang? Whizbang. Mm. Uh, it's essentially that, but evil decks. So you put it in your deck. It's a one-card deck, and it gives you evil decks, which I'm assuming are only the evil classes. Um, so it'll only be those five classes, I'm guessing, but it'll probably be lackey based things and stuff like that. But it'll be interesting to see if those decks are actually cool. Like they're not recipe decks. They're something else. Huh? I hadn't assumed that it was going to be the, the, the quote unquote villain classes, but that's, it does make sense with the theme of the expansion. They give you a paladin deck and call it an evil deck, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess that depends on your personal opinion of going up against a paladin deck. (laughs) Well, in this specific story of Dalaran, the paladins are not evil. 
fair. But well, the other thing too, though, is you got to remember in the in the single player run, there's a henchman for all nine classes, which is like the evil version of those classes. Like the paladin art actually looks pretty hilarious. That guy looks like he's seen better days. <laughs> but um, that's cool. I completely forgot about the freed legendary. I know I saw it go past because I think the delay reveal it. Someone got to reveal it. And no, I remember I just saw it on Reddit, but oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a golden version that you'll get when you purchase the entire thing of like all five wings. Uh, but you can just craft the non golden version if you want to, if you're like, I'm not buying the stupid wings, but I still want this card. You can go in and craft the 1600 dust version. I think it's uncraftable and golden though. Gotcha. So kind of like the, the ETC card, the yeah, promo from yeah. BlizzCon and like you can only ever have it if you went to that BlizzCon, right? Right. Well, you can craft the non-golden version, but the golden yes. version was was exclusive. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, that's cool. That means the decks are going to be golden too, which means lots of shinies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. Well, then we uh, we haven't talked about anomaly mode yet. Uh, they, they they said this is going to unlock when you've when you're finished with the chapters, uh, which is essentially going to add a random effect that persists through the entire run. Um, so kind of like a Hearthstone affix, which I like. Mm-hmm. But it, um, the the example that was shown was uh, one that both players start the game with ten hallucinations in their deck. Like I'm I'm kind of curious uh, yeah. mo- moving forward if if there's other ones that like make the game significantly harder because we do have heroic mode. You know, if you want more of a challenge, but I, I like affixes. I kind of want affixes that try and murder me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't want these effects to all be like easy mode now right it's supposed to be at at that point it's supposed to be even more challenging because you've beaten it so uh yeah it's gonna be kind of interesting well yeah i I love the fact that they give us one where they're like hallucinations we're like we don't know what those are (laughs) thank you wouldn't it just be the rogue card hallucination maybe assume that's what it was did i did i assume incorrectly (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i mean it could also be like these are hallucinations these are like you know Things that happen when you draw the cards card. that aren't cards straight up be the card hallucination. I don't know. We don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the um, the anomaly mode stuff. Didn't they say that there's things like this that are small alterations, and then they range all the way up to like full on tavern brawl type alterations to yeah. the game yeah. mode? The, yeah, like these know. random effects are. There's a scale basically. Ah. Okay. Good. I, I I guess I glossed over at that point. I guess I was still yeah, thinking about how much anomaly I, is supposed to be like this, not stupid mode, but like the fun silliness. And heroic is supposed to be like actual hard mode. H- Hajikuma in the chat room uses the term wacky. Wacky ah, there mode. You go, wacky. Wacky <laughs> mode. Okay. Fair. Yeah, it's supposed to be the thing that gets you to push the button again, right? So, yeah. 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 Um, now do this, uh, and then do it like this. This is gonna destroy you <laughs> I want a anomaly hard mode where all the anomalies are really hard to get around i'm looking forward to having normal and heroic again in single player content i am as too- long as normal's not too too easy but i like yeah. when there's multiple difficulties yeah I, in, in, the- in, this, in this way when there are so much so many decision points so many things that change you know, unlocking, and I, it'll be interesting to see if you have to, like, re-unlock everything in heroic mode. So, like, if I unlock all the hero powers in normal, then I they're not available to me in heroic. It just, you know, that that's me would be interesting, too. 
Yeah, yeah, that's where I stand. Like more it. replayability, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. I'm ready to play it, and it comes out Thursday. So sweet. Don't have to wait too long. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, anyways, we got links to all of the things we talked about here, including the amazing Rafam recruiting video. Go watch it. Do yourself a favor, please. Also, I want to. It's also called Part One, right? So there's. I didn't know there that. <laughs> I just copy and pasted the title. I didn't actually read it. Oh my god! Yes, I want I'm, more. I'm guessing that like either Rafam will be hitting the streets again, or maybe we'll get Hagatha out there. Maybe a Doctor Boom. I wouldn't mind seeing all the evil characters going out into the world. I'm assuming they're going to have to do the ones that uh, their mouths don't move. Yeah. (laughs) For costume (laughs) reasons. You can do Dr. Boom with it. Like, did you watch the the cinematic he got? He's got like Iron Man helmet going on, but Dr. Boom version. Like, you could do that and his mouth wouldn't have to move. You could hide the whole face. I like these costumes and I want them for personal reasons yeah the, i i yeah the reform costume was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah it's it's good but uh moving away from dollar on heist uh the other kind of big topic this week is uh well it's it's, it's not really news because it's kind of a, a, a of a lack of news is a lot of us are kind of wondering where balance changes are uh and uh dills you wanted to kind of just bat around ideas of what cards we would like to see get adjusted if mm-hmm. balance changes did hit the game right now um yeah i mean i think a lot of people have their own ideas about what should happen or i mean obviously like people are talking a lot about rogue that's just everyone's like okay rogue should be changed uh but it is you know they set that kind of precedent that they could make changes really fast in the last expansion right and now we're a month plus into this one and we have seen nothing or heard nothing so people are getting like I think a little restless and just a little curious. Uh, Ixar actually did reply to the Reddit post about you know where are the changes right, or at least where's the announcement of changes uh, by saying well we're not going to announce it until we know what we're going to do, which obviously makes sense, right? They're not going to say hey we're probably going to do stuff, um, just letting y'all know <laughs> because you can't do that like you just can't you can't announce a probably when you don't know right so yeah. He- with the last expansion, it was the last expansion of the year. They knew very quickly that Rosticon didn't have the impact that they wanted it to. Oh, yeah. We didn't have a rotation to go. Yeah. On. So yeah, I, was, I feel like if you look at, um, I put a link in the show notes to the Vicious Syndicate um, most recent data report. And like the classes almost swapped in terms of uh, popularity, right? So it's like, the rotation and damn it <laughs> I, was, I, I, I tried to get it get it and tell you that your mic was doing the thing again but <sighs> am i better you are yeah. is it a hard i'm so confused. i don't mean to break the fourth wall but it's like is it your noise gate what is it no it's i literally have to unplug my interface and plug it back in again yeah that is yeah, so I, this, weird this, yeah, this ha- this used to happen with an interface I had to. It's just yeah. weird. Thing. It's just it's just super annoying. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, right. So what was I saying? Right. So the classes have actually swapped in terms of popularity. So the rotation and rise of shadows had an impact on the meta. We're now seeing classes on top that were on the bottom before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really hard yeah. to make a call at this point like they did in Rosticon because well, there's been things legit did movement. Whereas yeah. In, yeah, when Rosticon came out, it was very clear what was kind of at the top, right? And 
even though yes, everyone says it's definitely rogue. It's like there. Well, first of all, there are there are counters to rogue. Um, you can actually. It's tough. the The problem right now is you can't counter rogue and warrior, or mm-hmm. like rogue and like it's like you have to kind of pick your poison. Um, but what what to, that means to me, and like what Ixar said is, you know, sometimes there's definitely a best class that has no bad matchups, and then the meta is built around it, and that's a problem. But when there is multiple counters to things the meta has a kind of rotating feel where people counter this, then people counter the counter, then people counter that counter. And it kind of feels like this constant motion. So when you log in every day, things feel a little different and fresh, right? But when there's always like the one best deck that everybody has to counter and that never changes, and even the countering of it means that you're not beating it more than like 50% of the time, then you get what's a stale meta, which is kind of what his point was. So that's when they like to step in. And I do kind of feel like you don't always have to only step in then. Like you can also step in when it's just, hey, maybe we could just tweak down a couple of cards. Um, to especially when we're talking specialist as our format. So I would like to see a tweak down, not necessarily an overhaul, right? I don't think we need to throw cards into the dumpster and light it on fire. I think we just need to Bring some cards in line, I'm, right? I mean, they haven't really been doing that. It, it's been a long time, I think, since they kind of just drug a card out back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, They're not uh, starving buzzarding all these cards. Right, or, I mean, I already made the joke of uh, uh, Warsong Commander. Like, that that was an absolute murder. That card is still completely useless. and will You know when it's actually play. okay, though, is when you get a one-mana one from academic espionage and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to make that not helping bills <laughs> damn you with your your facts <laughs> um well, it's just uh, funny because like I, the other day out. it happened and i was like oh yeah that's still a card isn't it <laughs> yeah i i and it also want to technically <laughs> yeah um it, it, it's also worth remembering that yes we got a we got nerfs very close to the release of rasa rumble i mean rasa rumble came out on the fourth thank you google and the patch came out on the 19th of December, but the patch that hit on the 19th was addressing a lot of cards that had been problematic long before Rastakhan. Yeah, they were Rastakhan cards. Yeah, yeah they was, didn't touch Rastakhan. Yeah, it was Wild Growth, Nourish, Level Up, Serenite, Chain Gang, and Leeching Poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. um, but then we also got the the early, really early February uh, patch as well. So we had two two rounds of nerfs land during Rastakhan's period, which, which just felt good. It felt really good and... Um, and, and we've said multiple times that we liked that, that that cadence of updates and would like to kind of see see more of it. And um, I actually don't even think that outside of Evil Miscreant, any of the Rise of Shadow cards should be touched at all. I think they're all very interesting and cool. Miscreant, I think, is just... I think it's a little overtuned as a 1-5. Um, I also think... So I, th- I think there's two possibilities with Miscreant. I think it's a very cool and fun card. But I think it's a little overtuned. Its win rate is a little out of balance. With a, like, it's just like the best, most important card in your deck when you're playing rogue. Well, and um, it also kind of seems like the one five body. It just doesn't even matter because what you're doing is bouncing it for lackeys, right? And so no, because it body, has, no way, the one five body matters a lot because you can't kill it. Well, it's and that's around. what I was just about to yeah. say is that yeah. the reason that it matters is it sticks around so long so that they can bounce it. But it's yeah. not like they're using that one attack for anything. Well, it just but. gives you so much tempo whether you bounce it or not because a 1-5 just sticks around and ends up hitting two things or three things or, co- or dealing four, five, six damage because it just never goes away, right? Then the rest of the time, you're like trying to kill other things 
yeah, I think it's it's weird that it's a one five that gives you two really good cards. Um, that can then interact with that three mana one five really well by yeah, evolving exactly. it and giving it more attack. Yeah, they buff its attack or they turn it into a four drop or you know what I mean. It's crazy. So like we used to play this friggin' three mana one four that gave us a taunt minion and we used to play that in all sorts of decks and now we've got this three mana one five that gives you two sweet cards um yeah i think make it a one four or make it cost four mana both of those things would be fine i think lower lower its health is my vote yeah yeah either one is is probably fine i just think something it's a little out of line right i got like waggle pick it's not waggle pick to me that's the problem it's Friggin' Dread Corsair. That's the problem, right? Because on turn four, I play... Like, on turn three, I definitely draw two Dread Corsairs and a weapon, like, all the time, because of Raiding Party. Then on turn four, I play that, and two three threes with Taunt. A four-two... I play a True Silver Champion and two three threes with Taunt. And then my True Silver Champion bounces a Leroy later on. Like, it's just... I don't know. It's like the whole thing is a little overtuned, and you could just tweak a couple things. So I actually think Dread Corsair, they should make it cost five mana because it it in itself isn't a problem, but it probably limits design space for weapons, right? Because Waggle Pick itself isn't a problem, but if you can combine it with zero cost three threes, that's a little crazy. But what if those cost one and you couldn't play those on exactly turn four? So there, there's like a lot of small changes I think we need to see in Rogue that would add up to it just being back in line with everything else. Like, uh, my exhaustion is currently, I think, getting more and more aimed up on prep because I'm just kind yeah, of done well, with that card, and Frank yes. and and Leroy too. At a certain point, like it's it, it, it's not, it, it might not be the number one thing that makes that deck go, but it's certainly a piece of the puzzle. Well, all the all the classic rogue cards are classic and basic rogue cards are right. All the preps and the backstabs and the Van Cleefs and the. Well, Dread Corsairs, you mentioned too. Like, there's a lot in that core of Rogue that's just always been there, always going to be there, really powerful, maybe should be sent to wild or changed. Yeah, that's the thing is like, I kind of agree with Dixar here. Like, I'm looking at him like, yeah, I don't think it's completely egregious. It's going to feel egregious, I think, once we all start watching a lot of specialist tournaments. Um, Mm -hmm. If, if, there's just con- the same decks constantly at the top uh, and being and being shown, but but at home, I think there's there's I see a pretty healthy mix of decks on the ladder. Y- yes, certainly. Well, if I look at stats, I see a lot of rogue. But Joss, well, I was going to say that kind of brings up the point of like, what do we want them to balance around? Because, like you said, the ladder right now seems for the most part, healthy. I mean, it's not as healthy the higher up into Legend you get than the more dominant it is of just a, a game between Rogues and Warriors. But for the most part, for the, the full spectrum of the latter, I'm seeing a lot of different stuff being played, a lot of people having a lot of fun. And so do we want them to balance around the entire ladder? Do we want them to balance the Legend ladder? Or do we want them to balance specialists like their eSport that most of us aren't going to play, but that a lot of us will probably watch? Because yeah. I think there's like different decisions to be made depending on what part of the game you want to balance around. Well, I, I think I think the answer is that they need to take all of it into account and do what they think is best for the most people. Um, and I think that's what they do. Uh, 
but more and more I, I look at this, I'm like, man, I really don't dis, I don't really disagree with anything XR is saying here. I think this all makes a lot of sense. Um, it's cool that he mentions, hey, we are looking at Rogue. Like, there's, we have a target, uh, but we don't know what we're going to do yet. But all of this, keep, it just keeps, for me, coming back up. Classic and basic cards are problematic, and it's not something I think they can change right now. Like as my, we can all sit here and have, I think, kind of deep, nuanced conversations about what could be done about a classic and basic set. Uh, but I don't think it's the kind of thing that can be changed in the middle of the year. I think it's something that they would have to pull the trigger on uh, at, during a standard rotation. And it's a and it's a forever. Ch- you know, it changes the game and the face of the game forever if you make that decision, right? But I do hope they do because. Like, I wouldn't care so much about prep if it rotated in and out of the game, right? But, like, right now we're at a point where we have, you know, on turn three, I can prep raiding party Van Cleef, and then on turn four, waggle pick double three threes with taunt. Like, it's just like that's a far and above the power level of what any other class can do. Um, and obviously, like, there are things like Mage can. Elemental evocation, a two-mana giant coin uh, conjurer is calling it on turn four. That's insane when you can do that, right? That doesn't happen very often. It's very hard to attain. It feels like the prep rating party Van Cleef waggle pick double three three things. It just happens so often. It happens all the freaking time because of how these cards are all put together and the synergies that you get. And I think that's the issue is like if prep had rotated out while rate while rating party was a card it's like no one would ever care about rating party they think that card is totally fine but <laughs> it's just like the existence of this card in perpetuity means anytime a card like this comes along you know the existence of dread corsair means anytime a card like waggle pick comes along it's like oh crap everything is everything is out of whack all of a sudden right and so yeah it's like you don't have to nerf prep if we can just move it for a while. Yeah. And I do like the idea of them moving, but not being gone forever. Like, yeah, yeah. If ice block came back now, that would be fine. It's been long enough that we haven't had to play it and now or play around it. And, you know, bringing that interaction back into the game at this point would probably be a lot of fun. So I like the idea of having a basic and classic set, but maybe making it twice as big as it currently is and just rotating cards in and out of standard. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with you. There, there's, it's funny because I'm trying to think of like outside of Rogue, what cards concern me, and I'm not finding a lot. Like Zilliax is the most popular card by far, but it's just such a cool and well balanced, interesting card. I don't think anybody's like got it on its t- on the tip of their tongue when it comes to what needs to be changed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at win rates of specific cards. There's not a lot of things in there that I'm finding like, oh, that card definitely is horrible. It's just these like, it's just this rogue set and how they all work together that you just can't not look at, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it draws your eye like, this seems like the most powerful thing in the game. I, I want power spikes. Like, I, I like Conjurer's Calling a lot. I, I really like the fact that you have to play around this stuff. They, if, a, if a mage plays a giant, you better kill that thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to have that knowledge of like okay i can do this to counter that oh i didn't counter it or oh he's building up cards power spike this is where their power spike is 
it's like Rogue well, just power spikes over and over and over again. And then I was going to say, spike is key there, right? Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. It should be a spike. It should yeah. be an up and then a down if you can deal with it. Mm-hmm. And Rogue is just, they go up and then they go across. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're like, oh, you actually de- like. It's amazing when you can actually deal with their stuff, and then the next turn they're like, more stuff, and you're like, yeah. what? And then you look at their <laughs> hand, and they're like, oh, and I still have, uh, you know, seven. Yeah. You're like, how? <laughs> how do you? How do you have all this tempo and cards and value and everything? Uh, Rain party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how. Yeah, it's, it's it's when when uh, aggro decks have card draw. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it shores up the the traditional weakness of the archetype. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah. unless you're a warlock, but like, like I, um, that, that puts it um, like I think our Zulok conversation puts this whole thing in a nice neat frame. Like sure. you've got you've got a class that can draw as many damn cards as they feel like it, and it's still not as good as uh, Rogue doing doing the aggro thing. I'm trying to think of the card that um, exists in in magic in red deck or whatever that like just no one else on the show can help you with that Uh, oh (laughs) risk factor okay so anybody who plays magic so red deck wins or whatever has been a a mono red has been an archetype forever and essentially it was i shoot you in the face with what are like lightning bolts or whatever uh which are called lightning strike whatever okay essentially (laughs) cross bolt you whatever in your face a lot uh, there's now a card called Risk Factor where they can now point it at your face and then you can decide to take four damage or let them draw three cards. And, by the way, uh, you could jumpstart it, which means you could do it again. It's like Twin Spell, but you have to discard a card, right? So anyway, it's like, oh, I either take four damage and probably die to you or I let you draw three more cards that I probably die to. And you're like, why is this card in this deck? Like, this should, <laughs> you know, that's the way I feel about some of these, some of these rogue things, right? When you watch a rogue just play a waggle pick and just hit your face and ignore your minions, you're like, hey, aren't we supposed to be playing for the board here? We're, I, I'm still at 30 life. What are you doing? And then you realize, oh, it's just because their hand is going to kill you, right? And you're like, <laughs> ah, I get it now. I get what's happening. To the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, since uh, feels bad. It feels bad. It's 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 what Ixar said too uh, in the reply was sometimes they change a card not based on win rate but because it feels bad. Yeah, so, which they've said in the past. Um, but I'm yeah. glad he brought it up again. Yeah. Yes, it's important. It's not a it's not a bad thing that it was brought up again. So yeah, those are our thoughts. Um, I'm sure something will change. Uh, I don't think I don't expect anything as drastic as a basic or classic overhaul, but. Some, no, some will get tweaked at some point, and um, yeah, small tweaks would do it. I think, yeah. like uh, just any of the stuff that we mentioned here, and we'd probably start to feel better about things. Oh, the other card, uh, actually, there is one card, Doctor Boom, the the hero card, Doctor Boom. Um, it feels like when when warriors play that card on curve, like the game is just ended because of the rush to mech thing, right? Like the hero powers are all like that. That part of the card is very interesting, but the mechs having rush is just like holy crap! I cannot win this game anymore because all their removal is also removal, right? It's like double. Like you just can never have a minion ever again. Well, and that's kind of that brings up another interesting balance conversation because boom was not a problem when all the other hero cards were in the mm-hmm. game when we had Angoro and everything else. Like last year's meta 
required boom to be at that power level. So it becomes an interesting conversation of whether we should take the previous year's three sets of cards and do a giant balance adjustment with the standard rotation because we're going to lose all the things that it was designed to combat, right? Mm. Like boom was up here because the meta was up here, then everything rotates Mm. and the cards go down here, but boom's still up here. Sure. So, you know, like I think that there's a conversation to be had there about having a big, giant, three expansion wide balance patch that comes in with the standard rotation. Yeah, to bring everything else in. Yeah, it would be very interesting, right? But yeah. I think one of the things that they like to do, though, is they like to let cards that maybe weren't as powerful become powerful for a while. It's just th- then you have to be ready to tune them when it's proper, right? I mm-hmm. think. So, I, then I think, it's, I think it's proper to tune Dr. Boom as well. It's. I mean, I like it. It's a cool card. It's just, my God, that whole thing where they all have Rush. It's just like, oh, my God. And there's so many more mechs now, it's too. Like they do this and you get Rush on all your mechs? What? It would be cool <laughs> if there was a th- if, if that was if that was spread out across more classes so it kind of shifted the meta into a, like wanting to play higher health minions so you can actually get something to stick, but it's only warriors. So it just kind of yeah. lay, lays a thick level layer of, of icing on top of the already... Uh, polarized matchup that that warriors have have had honestly and and even going back to the previous meta warrior was really polarized last meta uh, more because of odd than anything else but still yeah um it's uh it's it's it's, one of those things too where i believe that's a card that forces warrior down a specific path like why would i ever play anything but a control warrior with mechs in it when I have this card available to me. I think it's a really good why point. Why would I ever um, try out something else? Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. And I think that's why we're talking about this deck and that's why we're talking about Rogue because we're going to talk about Mech Hunter today. And you know what? There's other hunters that are really popular There's three right now. Viable hunters right now. Like yeah. legit viable hunters. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. That's where a class should be, right? Yeah. There's multiple ways to do it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I'm uh, hopeful that something will be announced soon. I'm glad to see, like, when that post was made, there was initially. No response to it at all, and I was really glad to see XR pop his head in there because um, I just like to hear from all the, you know, XR especially, but I like to hear from all the devs as often as possible and see them having that back and forth. I think yeah. that's really what that post was about, was like, hey, wh- where's our back and forth or whatever, more than I'm whining about how there's no announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got the back and forth. So it was just like, hey, look at this. Wow, we stuff. did it. I was also expecting them to be... Credit. Wow. I was starting to expect them to get quiet on anything that wasn't single player too. So I think it was this was really good timing uh, for XR to kind of get in here and have and and drop this comment. So because uh, I, I started to think I'm like, oh, if we haven't seen them already, boy, it's probably just going to be quiet at least until single player launches and they get all that hype out of the way. Um, yeah. So then, but having, now we've you know ACT is over. We're starting to yep. move into the Grandmaster stuff. Do you want to make the changes in the middle of the Grandmaster stuff? Or do you want to do it before they start? You know. Man, I uh, feels right. I was I was entertaining the idea of of going to the Vegas event, and uh, turns out y'all really expensive to fly to uh, to Vegas and f- back to Florida uh, at the beginning of summer. Really, <laughs> it's <laughs> excruciating. It's like six hundred dollars. I would think it would be cheaper in the summer because it's sitting hot. <laughs> I would think so too. Um, Katie and I were batting this back and forth we think it might be the return trip to florida because summer yeah. and beaches and summer in florida people want to go there for some reason uh-huh because usually flights to vegas are really Even cheap it's death outside yeah <laughs> yeah uh usually flights to vegas are super cheap and that's why i was like i was like oh i should go it's probably like 
It's probably like $200 or whatever miles I happen to have in the bottom of my pocket. I could probably go. No, not even close. <laughs> so, uh, bumps me out. Wanted to go to the first event, but... Uh, anyways, before we move into strategy and talk about Mac Hunter, we have a sponsor to thank today, and it is me, Undies. They are back. You know, you, you probably spend a lot of time in your underwear, folks. And uh, and even if you don't, to all my commandos out there, I would say give me Undies a chance. Give it me feels undies. like you're commando when you're wearing me Undies, by the way. If if any if any underwear would convert a commando, it would be me Undies. Mm-hmm. They should turn that into a tagline, by the way. Converting commandos. <laughs> converting commandos that's sweet one pair of undies at a time but meundies.com slash tac you should go there right now go check them out go check out their their lovely underwear but also their lounge pants um I was just gonna say dude i saw some new stuff that they got and it looks so good i just got some new stuff that they got they've got a uh, apparently a star wars license and they just sent me star wars lounge pants with disco dancing stormtrooper print on it the death star <laughs> is a disco ball and there's little dancing stormtroopers all over it and I already knew this because I have a pair of lounge pants that I got for Christmas from MeUndies. Uh, they are the most comfortable damn pair. I always call them pajama pants. They call them lounge pants, but the most comfortable like PJ walk around the house or if you work from home, I like to call my uniform uh, I've ever owned. Super, super comfy. Uh, could sit in them all day. So go check them out. Lots of fun prints available over at MeUndies.com slash TAC. On top of all of this, they have a great listener or, uh, offer for our listeners. Any first-time purchasers, when you order MeUndies, you're going to get 15% off and free shipping. And you get that just by going to MeUndies.com slash TAC. Again, that's 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee when you go to MeUndies.com slash TAC and let them know that the Angry Chicken sent you. It's great. It's a great deal. You get comfy underpants or loungewear, and you support your favorite Hearthstone podcast. What's not to love? Win-win. Yeah. Check them out. Now, let's, uh, let's talk some Mech Hunter. Hit it very hard. You wanna blow something up? <laughs> Time to pay! So uh, we've made passing uh, remarks about Mac Hunter for two weeks in a row now. So here it is. We're finally going to deep dive this sucker. We've even got questions from uh, folks in our patron Discord, uh, which you can get access to by going to patreon.com slash TAC. And I love this deck. <laughs> I like this deck a lot. This is one of those popular decks that just clicks for me. Um, even though every now and then I drop poorly and I get flashbacks to Mech Mage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely has. It's this, this I think, is um, the aggro deck that does have the fizzle out properly in the way that aggro decks are supposed to, right? If you don't get the job done quickly, you can definitely run out of steam with this deck. But that being said, it does do the job quickly. And it's right now in a pretty good spot because of its ability to beat Warrior. So it's kind of even against Rogue. Uh, I think it's like a 50-50 matchup against Rogue, but it beats Warrior. So it's like if you're trying to climb, that's, the, that's kind of what you're looking for, right? Like, it's something that's good here against a popular thing, but then doesn't just outright lose to other popular thing. And... That's where this deck kind of falls. So it's a good option. Also, the games are quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of counterplay and interesting decision making with this deck, I think, too, which is very cool. Um, you know, there, what what to magnetize, when not to magnetize, like all that kind of stuff. Very skill based. And so while it may look like, oh, brain dead hit you in the face aggro, <laughs> there's tons of small decisions that if you 
get wrong are the things that make you run out of the steam. Oh, right? totally. Or, Magnetic just by itself is such a big deciding factor of this. Do I want to buff or do I want to go wide? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really, really interesting deck. And then it also has uh, this kind of sick game-winning combo of Missile Launcher Venomizer. Um, it's like the dream combo, right? Where you put a Venomizer on your Missile Launcher and then nothing can ever live ever again. They have it's to kill it, disgusting. but they can never ever play a minion. Yeah, it's <laughs> so gross. It's also a way to just win the game if you've propagated the board with enough bombs. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You can kill your own bombs with it. Also, by the way, you cannot play minions ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Except bombs. But, uh, but you've, you got, what, a, you've got a 6-6, six, six, though, right? Yeah, at you least. Six, six, at least one the six, at the end six. of the turn, and you're smashing their face. You can magnetize to it. Like, the other day, I won a game because I, I got this combo off. For one turn, they weren't able to kill it, and then they couldn't play anything either, right? Like, they, if, they, if the opponent can't kill it with spells or rush minions or something... They also can't develop. So it's just like checkmate almost, right? So I had this happen and then I like zilliaxed onto it and just was like, oh, now I'm also life gaining. And I was just like, this is so disgusting because not only was it life gaining when it hit stuff, but if my opponent played anything or if I played bombs, the missiles were life gain bombs, right? Like I was back to full health by the time I won the game. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's gross, super gross. <laughs> um do did you i know you mentioned that it's good matchups against basically everything the outlier is shaman and mm. i believe nomi priest if i head over to matchups and that's yeah like you said it, it's really good matchups against everything popular shaman is not particularly popular right now apparently unless you're jocelyn <laughs> yeah i mean and also it's matchups against the shaman like so murloc shaman it's 45% it says, which isn't like awful, right? It just still means there's a lot of game. It's just you're slightly unfavored. Nomi Priest, 48.8. Still a game. You're slightly unfavored. But everything else. Yeah, anything that's in that 45 to 55 range, yeah. like those are the fun back and forth kind of matchups that you want, I think. It's when you get into the 60 range 60, 40s. Like, okay, I just, yeah. it feels like I always win or always lose this matchup, right? Yeah. But yeah, and like, yeah, Shaman just isn't popular right now. Like, it's not because there's no viable Shaman decks. It's just they're slightly, they're like tier two, tier three plus. You know what I mean? Like, and that means that they're not going to see a lot of play. So you're not too worried about your worst matchup. And uh, like I said, you can pretty much beat everything else with proper play, good decision making, and, you know, obviously drawing the right cards at the right time. Did you um, uh, ever play this when Nine Lives was a popular inclusion? It has kind the of Nine Lives version of the deck was much different. It was more of a value style deck that went a little bit late with the um, what's the what's the card? It's seven mana two two pops out of seven seven or six mana two two pops out of seven seven. It was it was more of like it had spiky turns in the late game. Mm. Um, you could still technically try to play nine lives in this because things like spider bomb are pretty sweet to be able to nine lives. Uh, mechanical whelp, thank you. Ah, there it is. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, the, you know, that deck was a little bit more. It was oriented around beating warrior because it would make these threats that warrior couldn't just remove because they were death rattle threats and stuff, and then bring them back over and over and over again. This deck is a little more lean and mean and low to the ground, so. Um, I don't think it has enough 
sweet death rattles to warrant the nine lives but it's not it wouldn't be a terrible card i don't uh, yeah i don't think so either i was playing a version that it didn't have the whelp but it had um i think it was running like a one of a of a defender of argus and it was also running whirly glider so it had more ways of great bombs mm. um yeah, the problem is most but, of the time what you do with the nine lives is you'd get bomb death rattle spider bomb death rattle and what's the other one uh four mana guy Replicating Menace. Oh, yeah, the one that creates... Three aren't as powerful as a 7-7. Seven, seven, yeah, right? the 3 one, one microbots. Yeah. The other thing I, I noticed, because when, when I was originally playing this, I was playing a version with 9 lives in it, is that I didn't like how 9 lives dictated the order of my magnetizing. Oh, yeah. So you have to be careful with that, because if you put mm -hmm. the Sweet Death Rattle on second, technically that minion is still whatever the first half of it yep. was, right? Yep. Like the and magnetic minion is always its original version. Yeah, and, and once you learn that, you can obviously play around it, but it still dictates it. It's still in the back of your mind going, oh, it feels bad to magnetize my spider bomb onto this minion because my nine lives won't then pull my spider bomb later on in the game. Yeah, I don't get the spider bomb death rattle in my yeah. yeah, Yeah, you don't have to worry about that in this deck. By the way, the other thing about this deck is, uh, is it does really well against the Giant's Conjurer's Mage that's gotten really popular. Uh, since the last show, like we actually kind of talked about it on the last show, but since then, it's that deck has seen even more change. And by the way, that version that I brought, the Drill Mage thing, did become the most popular version, more than the Dragon version. Uh, but now they're putting Sea Giants in there as well. Uh, and they're doing all sorts of other weirds. Like it's getting more and more refined. Like uh, RDU got rank one or two with it, and Asmo's been like really high with it for a while. and it's just all over the freaking place. This deck is sick against that because Venomizer kills that stupid giant when they play it so you don't get let them conjures call it. And Spider Bombs kill it, too. So it's like you have so many ways to deal with it. And most of the time, aggro decks do not have ways to kill giant minions mm -hmm. without sacking a bunch of little dudes, right? But this deck can do it. And that's, that's a huge advantage, so... Yeah, give this deck a try, guys, if you are looking for something to climb quickly and not feel like any matchup is unwinnable. It's definitely got game against everything. Yeah. So we have a couple questions we pulled from the patron discord. Chinchasso wants to know how this compares to the fairly impressive secret hunter that's dominating right now. Mm. Yeah, this is like I, uh, we were talking about earlier, like Hunter has three distinct archetypes right now. Which yeah, is cool. and secret hunter is... a. Uh, has been on the rise and is now like if you if you follow something like HS Replay has has overtaken Mech Hunter yeah. and mid range Hunter has kind of been falling down falling down falling down. This is something mm -hmm. else that I, I meant to mention when we were kind of talking about the overall meta is that it's also still shifting, which is why I'm not as bored as I feel I usually am at this point without balance changes. Yeah, yeah, actually. So I think technically, if you look at just rank twenty five to everything last thirty days, it's like still mid range Hunter that's out in front. Um. But they're, you know, mid-range Hunter got really weakened, even though, whatchamacallit, uh, Master's Call is still a super sick card. They lost, like, losing Dire Mole and Crackling Razor Maw was, like, a massive hit to that deck, right? So the Mech Hunter kind of, like, filled in that spot because all of a sudden things like Galvanizer were, like, good again, right? Um, but the Secret Hunter, I think, technically might be the most powerful hunter once it's all said and done, as far as this actual Rise of Shadows pocket of time. Um, that being said, it's still so early on in it being popular that it's it's not uh, well-defined yet, whereas I think this Mech Hunter has kind of been 
refined down to a pretty solid, solid deck. So we'll see. Secret Hunter is very good. Trump, I know, popularized it when he was playing it and playing it really well and getting good results. Uh, I I like I like both decks. Um, I do think when you play a secret based deck, you give your opponent an opportunity to outplay you. If they play well around secrets, then the secrets are less effective, right? So there's that's I guess one reason why I might pick mech over secrets is just if I'm playing against good opponents, I expect that my secrets aren't going to be as good. But if you're in lower ranks, you might just punish everybody who doesn't know what to do. Yeah, when the secrets happen. Yeah, the um the secret deck, you know, looking at matchups again, um, has just as good, if not better, matchups. But it, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs with how good the matchups are between these two archetypes. Uh, it does short up strongly against shaman and uh, and tempo rogue. Yeah, then it trades that in for having weak matchup against druid. Yeah, so I guess it would depend on how much druid you're seeing. Yeah, how much druid are you seeing? Yeah, I don't um, think anybody's seeing too much druid. No, <laughs> they pop really up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tokens. It's a good deck, but it's not that popular, which is weird. I mean, I still do see it, but it's like it's very strange how I think it should be more out there you know i feel like token is one of the more popular i use this term lightly because there's quite a bit of of epics but relatively affordable decks right now um yeah that's true actually if you look at hs replay they say it's the most popular deck i would disagree with that not from my experience (laughs) maybe at lower ranks you see a ton of it right um because and it might be because it gets hard countered by things like Warrior, but Warrior is not cheap, so at lower ranks it might be less less played, and so a token Druid could definitely uh, be really good down there. So I think token Druid historically does very well against Warrior. Not in my, not in my, uh, not currently with double Warpath and stuff. Hmm. Like yeah, with the way that Warpath plays, it's a lot different than a lot of yeah. the other old removal because you can like break. The first round of tokens plus kill the death rattle like nah, yeah fair because it doesn't also, all happen at once it's like happens yeah. in stages so i think people play the matchup wrong too because you need to pressure them back right you can't you can't remove and sit back you have to remove in tempo and you can do both in warrior so uh by the way there's also now i don't know if you've seen the spell zerker is now in the warriors so that they can deal with multiple nomi boards so you spell Zerker plus Warpath, and then the spell Zerker then makes your second Warpath deal three. And so you can actually kill six health things or whatever. It's crazy. It's crazy how like fast things change. And you're just like, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw that happen, a warrior just dropped the spell Zerker on me. And I was like, what the hell? Why did <laughs> you put this in your deck? And then I started to realize, like, oh, yeah, know me. I haven't I haven't seen that, and I just typed in Spell Zerker to see uh, the most popular deck with it. And apparently the most popular deck with it on just Replay is a freaking Mechathune Warrior with over 14,000 games logged and a f- almost 55% win rate. What is happening? Yeah, yeah well, the because the Mechathune is to beat the other can, Warriors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it can rush, too. So if you've got <sighs> anything big on your side of the board, they just run the Mechathune into it and win. <laughs> yeah. The... Yeah. Decks I play don't usually uh, stick around long enough to see that happen, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That, but it's like, I, you know, you can play a, like any of these decks. Like, I had a mech hunter game that went to fatigue, and I was like, what is happening? It's like just things play out so crazily in today's Hearthstone world, and there's so many vari- variable matchups. 
and all sorts of things. Like if you start to learn them intricately, you can play them in many different ways. Like I, I ended up, I was kind of playing a value game at that point with this mech hunter. I was like, how did this happen? How did I get into a value game with this deck? But yeah, I, I that's one thing I'm finding about Hearthstone lately is that there is a lot I don't know every day. That I, by the end of the day, I'm like, man, I actually learned stuff today. Because there, there definitely was a time when I would play the game and I'd feel like I just grinded 15 games. And, you know, I just did the turns and made the plays and whatever. But it's like at the end of 15 games, I'm like, man, I had not seen that scenario before. Mm. And now I have. And now I know, like, what I did was wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it that way again next time. <laughs> uh, there was one more question. Uh, I saw it in the discord that you you answered it personally dills but i'm sure there's other players who may have a similar question but uh adder noir said i i played a, a fair amount of this deck back to the mech hunter now and always found galvanizer to be fairly weak as i often just had too few cards in hand to discount what are your thoughts on alternative tech choices so yeah i would never take out galvanizer out of this deck personally i think it's just core but i also think the question made me think that maybe the person was thinking of the card uh, incorrectly for why it's in the deck. It's not in the deck as like a value generation type of card, right? Like you don't need to hit... Like if you think of like Thorasan, you're always like trying to hit like seven, eight cards with it because you're trying to then pull off some sick combo, right? But Galvanizer is literally here just to be like, I play it on two, then on three I get to play a four drop mech instead of a three drop mech. Yeah, right? it's, it's just like... It's just, it's tempo. Like, yeah, even if it hits one, it's it's helpful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think you, people hold on to it too long. Personally. No, yeah, you should literally, if you have it on two, play it. And then your next bunch of turns are way stronger. Uh, like one of the strongest, if you look at the mulligan win rate for this deck, Mecharu and Galvanizer are literally one and two. Like the, you want those in your opening hand. You want to get off to a fast start. And then you just want to punish your opponent and push face damage. So I'm um, like, imagine like the Mecharu into Galvanizer into replicating Menace magneticing onto the Galvanizer. Like imagine that start. It's like, what are you going to do against that? Right. You're just going to lose. The opponent's going to lose. So yeah. Um, yeah you want to think about it in that way. It's like just, it allows you to get off to these really fast starts that outpace your opponent in a tempo style. Not, it, it creates yeah. your curve. Yeah. Uh, and a powerful exactly. one at that. It's like a round yeah, explodinator on three. It's like, now mm-hmm. I've got bo- goblin bombs and a 3-2 body and I can magnetize to something on turn four, which now on turn four is a war gear, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's silly. And sometimes on turn two, you do have enough things at hand and it's just gross and you win the game. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, yeah, just think of it as it's just a thing to just do as quickly as possible and then start punishing your opponent for not having the ability to keep up. Yeah. So before we move into crazy game stories, we have a new sponsor today, Third Love. And I'm going to throw to you, Joss. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an education in bras today. I know you're probably super excited about this, but <laughs> so the thing about bras is that there's two. First of all, they suck. But second of all, <laughs> they've got two different parts that feed into the sizes so you've got like the band that goes around and then you've got the cups and it's really really hard to find what's going to fit you properly because a lot of our bodies are very very different so what I love about third love is that they don't only have all the sizes that you're used to 
they've actually brought in half sizes, which mm. is amazing. I mean, that just seems logical. <laughs> right? <laughs> you have half sizes for shoes. Why not half sizes for boobs? Because <laughs> there's a really big difference between cup sizes and traditional bras. So Third Love is like, screw that. <laughs> and they brought in half cup sizes, which is amazing. And then to actually figure out, because again, this is something unique to Third Love, to actually figure out what bra size you're going to need, they have this really cool, really fast quiz you can do online. So you answer a few questions about your sizing, what you're currently wearing. And it's super, super fast. Takes like, I think it took me like less than a minute to actually complete it. And they have data from 12 million women. So this isn't even like a, a super out there or like nothing quiz. It's like they have a lot of data backed that has informed their bra styles and their bra sizes. And you basically just fill it all out and it takes even, and I know this is probably getting a little bit like too far, far down the boob train for you guys, but just stay with me here. That was <laughs> where there actually, was a boob train. <laughs> there's actually different shapes to boobs. Not everybody's boobs are the same shape. So you've got sizes, you've got shapes, and the quiz talks about all of that stuff and uses it to fit you into the perfect style and the perfect size. And if it's not the perfect style and per perfect size, then they have 100% fit guarantee, which means you have 60 days to wear it, wash it, try it on with all your different clothes. And if you don't like it, you can return it to them and then they, they will donate the return bras to charity. So... It's really fast, really easy to do returns and exchanges. So I've really liked using Third Love. It's, like I said, fast and easy. And uh, bras that come in more sizes than big and small. <laughs> so if you guys think that uh, Third Love is something you'd like to look at, they know that there's a perfect bra for every everyone. And right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So you can go to thirdlove.com slash tack right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash tack for 15% off right now. 60 Please. days is a very long trial period. It's a really, really long trial, especially since like you can just wear it, wash it, all the rest of it. Like you don't have to worry about what condition you're necessarily returning it in, they want you in the right bra, which it makes a big, it's a big deal, you guys. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious, actually, because this is something I don't know. Do, do, uh, would a bra change, like, you know, like a pair of shoes, like the first day, you're like, oh, these are so uncomfortable. Oh, no. And oh, then yeah. The you day, you're like, oh, these break are fine, actually. Never yeah. mind. Like, does that happen? Oh, no, you like, totally break them oh, okay. in for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then you need that time. That's exactly. Good. <laughs> well, great. Go check them out. They're love.com slash TAC for 15% off. We thank them for their support. And we thank you for sending in crazy game stories because we're going to take one right now. The whole world gone crazy. You're in trouble now. You got it. <laughs> you. Yes, you can send your crazy game stories to TACpodcast at gmail.com. Brandon writes in, says, hello, cluckin' crew. Sounds like a Dropkick Murphy song. <laughs> so this is a, uh, sorry, this story is less, I was about to start singing The Fresh Prince. This story is less, way less about winning and losing and more about two people living the meme dreams. So I am playing a variant of Milkshake Priest in Wild. Yeah. Dills, you know what? I'm going to pass this over to you. 
<laughs> I'm a fast right, sure. You can pick it up here. This this is clearly right. this is clearly a Dill story. Yeah, so playing a variant of Milkshake Priest and Wild, my opponent is playing something I had not seen. It is a dead man's hand warrior with Hakar and Elise Starseeker. Uh-oh. That whenever you see dead man's hand and you're playing Milkshake, you immediately go, oh no. <laughs> my deck doesn't have a win condition. <laughs> so if we're going to fatigue. It's gonna like I've done I've done this matchup. I arc bishop you and then you dead man's hand, and I'm like, and then I dead man's hand, and then you dead man's hand. Anyway, let's see what happens here. Essentially, he tries to generate a ton of the corrupted blood cards into his deck and then has the out of converting them into legendaries with the golden monkey. Sweet. Honestly, it probably works really well, except when your opponent steals three copies of Elise and starts planning to play the same way. This guy knows how to milkshake. <laughs> By the end of the game, which we both just stopped trying to kill each other and just tried to play all of our legendary minions, we have seen three Elises, three Yogs, two Cthulhu's, a Darkness, Avianas, Baron Geddens, and even a Whizbang. We have swapped decks with each other, stolen cards, all sorts of nonsense. The game went 20 rounds of actual competition, 23 more turns of just pure insanity and watching to see what the other was going to do. This is what I hope. This is what I always hope to find in Wild. And tonight it provided. Hell yeah. I love that there's not like a specific like this thing happened. It's just it was chaos. <laughs> you should have been there. <laughs> like that's the story. And I've had this happen many a time. And it makes me sad when I like queue in Wild with this like super fun, sweet deck. And then I just get like run over by odd paladin or big priest, just big priests me. And I'm like, man, is there anybody else out there having fun? <laughs> hell yeah well you, you you found your brothers in arms yep in you know me, I, me, me, I actually arms. i actually uh two nights ago something like that uh i just had randomly was like switched over to wild because i was like done tryharding and i was like oh you know i haven't made the milkshake deck or you know rise of shadows and so i started doing it and i think it might actually be at a time and place where it's somewhat okay again because there's a lot of reno decks in wild right now and the reno decks with their value generation and stuff are they like that's exactly the kind of deck that i want to play against with a milkshake deck so yeah if you're if you're scared to get out there and milkshake try it right now it seems like a good <laughs> although i am at like rank nine or ten or something like that so i'm in that perfect like middle ground where like no one's really tryharding because we don't have legend aspirations uh and we're not super low, so it's like, you know, it's like everybody has probably a lot of cards, you know, plays a decent amount of Hearthstone. <laughs> it's a good spot to be. There's no, there's no delusions of grandeur, just mucking up the joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Well, thanks for your email, Brendan. You can write in, by the way, everyone, to tacpodcast at gmail.com if you want to be a part of the show. If you're supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC, first off, thank you. But you can also attach your Discord information to your Patreon account, and you will automatically be added in to the Angry Chicken Discord channel for our patrons. And you can drop us messages in there and just skip the inbox entirely. Uh, speaking of which, we want to thank those of you supporting us over at patreon.com slash TAC uh, because you've decided that even though the show goes out for free, that uh, you will subscribe to the show and support the three of us week in and week out. So thank you very much. And to some of our newer patrons, thank you to Jamie B. Skinny Pothos is how I will choose to pronounce that. And <laughs> Prakash, thank you. Thank you for the support, everybody. And check out patreon.com slash TAC if you like our show. And you want to support us. Now let's uh, wrap things up by cracking open the inbox and taking a question. Hello. Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello. 
Brother. <laughs> Send your emails to the same place, tackpodcast at gmail.com, or drop a question in the patron Discord. Alexis writes in and says, hello, feral fowls. That's what covers the street in Key West, by the way. Feral huh. fowls as far as the eye can see. And since you eat outside, you spend a lot of your time looking at chickens while you eat because they want their they want your food and they know you're going to give it to them. Chickens, like actual chickens. Actual I thought chickens. you meant like, I don't know, ducks or geese or, or <laughs> pigeons even. Nope. I don't know. There are wild chickens all <laughs> over. actual chickens. Yep, all over the Florida Keys, but especially in Key West. My God, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's, every July when I disappear for a week, go look at my Instagram because there's always like at least four videos of chickens or roosters wherever I happen to get lunch. So, Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Alexis says, hello, Feral Fowls. I am very excited about Rise of Shadows and how it plays heavily on nostalgia. Dr. Boom, Rafam, Old Gods, etc. I am excited as a lot of eras of Hearthstone are being revisited, which is great for players like me who missed part of it. I joined after Ungoro. However, I feel there is a lot of negativity in the community towards the game. Quote, the game is dying is a common trend since Year of the Raven, and it is getting frustrating. While the game isn't perfect, that negativity towards the game feels toxic, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. What do you guys think about that communal negativity, and how do you deal with it if it affects you? Uh, well, Alexis, um, I think I have fueled that negativity at times, <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> honest. Uh, I don't think I've ever Which said that. Which would be an effect on you, right? Like Yes, yeah, uh, but it's not... I don't read the Reddit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tend to stay off of it unless there's some, something has gotten so big that uh, it has kind of pulled me over there or I see blue replies. Um, and I definitely don't read the official forums. That way madness lies. So <laughs> um, no, I, I, a lot of the, that is, is, is my own kind of opinions. Like I, it's, I think all three of us at one point or another are pretty well documented at this point as uh, thinking that, Hearthstone hasn't done enough in its in its time since launch to grow the game and evolve. And uh, I still stand by that, but I don't think the game is dying. Like that's a real that's something that has it, it, it shown up in basically every game that has ever had a shelf life beyond uh, like six story months. mode. Since what? <laughs> I said beyond six months. Oh, gotcha. I was gonna say like story mode. Like you know, it, yeah. Everyone loves God of War. You know, you, you know what you do with that game? You finish it and you put it away. No one goes, God of War is a dead game. Well, no, it's a story game. You play once and you go through. Maybe you do a new game plus or you try a harder mode or whatever. That's on you. But um, for, for games as a service, this that gets thrown around all the time. And, and I, it, it couldn't amuse me more, especially right now, at a time where I have rediscovered my love for StarCraft II esports. Because Christ Alive... That game had dead game thrown at it so many times. And uh, now I'm sitting around watching it, thinking it's the greatest esport in the history of competitive video games and just kind of laughing at now four years ago when I put StarCast to bed, when everyone was like, dead game, dead game. That's the worst. StarCraft 2 is dead and all we care about is Brood War. Like it's still going very strong and has a very dedicated fan base. And Hearthstone definitely has a bigger fan base. <laughs> like there's no question about that. So I, I find the declaration of dead game or dying game to be absurd. Yep. It's uh it's definitely like not at its height, which every game will have a peak and that peak was uh was Frozen Throne, right? 
um, which is also Wow's peak, by the way. Because <laughs> came and everybody seems to like. But well, yeah, but Wow's a really good example, though, because like, yeah, sure. Wow peaked, but it's still going. It's having its fifteenth anniversary soon with a it's super still rock- popular MMO. Like, yeah, exactly. So by a long margin, like a huge margin. Just because I think, if anything, I kind of like playing games after the peak because then it's like the people that stick around are the people who actually like really truly love the game and love the experience and want to be part of the community. So, I mean, sure, yeah, you may not be at the peak, but this is a better time, you guys. Better time. (laughs) I don't understand. Yeah, like if I'm only playing the most popular game, doesn't that just mean I'm like a follower? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I if I only play the most popular thing going at the time, like if I just keep jumping ship every time something new and hip is out, like well, and you never get invested in anything either. You don't get invested in a game. You don't get invested in a community. Sure. Like you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like it's like personally, it's like just play the game that you like. Don't worry about if other people are dislike. Like I don't know. I. I I one of my biggest things is I just hate snobbiness in all walks of life, like when it comes to anything. So like looking down on somebody else because they play a game or like coming into a chat to say dead game, like those are just people trying to be negative and make other people feel bad about what they're doing. And it's like, no, screw those people. Like that there's something wrong with those people. Like if you want to make other people feel bad, there's something wrong with you, man. Like if you're just like sitting here having a good time playing any of the game that you like. Uh, then yeah, you're doing right by yourself. The only the only person who should matter when it comes to whether you like Hearthstone or not is you. Mm-hmm. You discontinue liking it, then put it down. You know, and it's fine. Uh, there's a lot of people who are still having a blast playing it. There's a lot of people who are still seeing all the complexity that um, I think some people just miss, not because it's not there, but because they are maybe not smart enough to see it. Uh, it, it, there's a lot going on in this game and sure it can get repetitive. Sure. It can get grindy, but anything can when you play it, you know, eight hours a day, eight hours a day, seven days a week. Maybe yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> maybe play it a little bit, you know, maybe try playing a different mode. Try playing like a different, like there's just, there's so much still going on. And for sure we've been negative about the game because we are, uh, you know, we are kind of in the world where it's our job to criticize and, well, that's the thing. I think there's, really a, cool it, right? there's so. a difference between loving a game and criticizing it to try to make it better and just straight up being negative and being like, yeah, this game sucks crappy. and this game is dead and nobody plays this game and why are you here and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a real big difference between constructive criticism and negativity. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's 100% true. It's, uh, it's very easy, by the way, to be negative. It's very, very hard to be analytical and critical without being negative, right? It's like you can do you can do the criticizing without being like, you suck. It's like you can do the here's what you can do better than what you're doing now isn't you suck, right? And then there's also you suck. That's out there too. So I don't know. I hope that we're the first. I hope that we're the former, like that we're being critical in a loving way. And I think we do. Um but yeah, there's always, always going to be people who are just there to ruin everyone else's experience, right? That's just, unfortunately, part of the internet culture in the world. Maybe just human culture, I don't know. But <laughs> definitely part of internet culture. Well, and I think the other thing is, too, that you can also, like, 
ignore people who are being negative for the sake of being negative, but you can also try to seek out the people who are being super positive. Like mm. um, I think it was Hatch Kumo in chat room just mentioned Tice. Like I could watch Tice stream Hearthstone for like ever. He is the happiest human I have ever seen. He just like every, even if he's seen the interaction a hundred times, he's just super stoked every time something happens in Hearthstone. Like... <laughs> I, he he is just exudes positivity. So, and, and there's lots of other streamers like him as well. So I think like if you're finding the parts of the community you're interacting with to be overly negative, then find parts of the community that are, you know, the opposite end of that spectrum. Seek out the positivity and grow those parts of the community. Yeah. And there's been people who have moved on because they just discontinued liking Hearthstone, like I said, but they didn't move on in like a bad way. Like I think of like Savitz, like who said some things yeah. about how he's not having and fun Hathu. anymore. Yeah. And like said, I'm just not having fun with the game anymore, but not that, oh, this game sucks now and anyone mm -hmm. who plays it is an idiot. And what are you thinking like doing that? Because I've also seen people do that, like be demeaning on their way out the door. And yeah. that's ugly. And like, I hate seeing that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's definitely something that might run you. This game might run its course to you. And that's fine. We've been seeing that happen a lot in Heroes of the Storm. And Kyle calls it like breakup tactics. Like what, what yeah, kind yeah, of breakup yeah. do you want to have? Are you the kind of person that has to like burn it down on your way out? Like, oh, I never yeah. loved you anyway. You're the worst. Ah. And I slept you... with your brother. Like, <laughs> like, like okay, man. Be an adult <laughs> and, and walk away. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, our example is we stopped doing the Brawl show because it's, not really the jam for any of us. So instead of forcing ourselves to talk about a mode we don't particularly care for playing, uh, we just stopped doing that branch off of the show. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. <laughs> By the way, actually, yeah, Chad just mentioned dog coming back. Dog is in the Grandmaster thing, right? Yeah, so of course. Of yeah. course but he also, he, did, he came <laughs> back, like, I remember watching his stream and people were like, uh, why aren't you playing auto chess anymore? And he was like, well, I just really like Hearthstone right now. Like, I actually like it again. And it was just like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if you just like it, then okay, welcome back. I <laughs> really think multi-gaming is just healthy. Like, you just got Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of streamers feel like they're locked into playing one game because they feel like their viewership is based on that. Well, and, and there, it, it and kind there of is, is a lot of evidence to that, right? Yes, that, there's yeah, a ton of it. It's, yeah. um, Again, yeah, like when you swap games, you lose viewers, right? But yeah. uh, I think you will ultimately lose viewers and have your stream die out if you are not enjoying what you're doing anymore, right? That becomes very obvious to people. Like people want to watch someone having a good time. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons Tyson's stream consistently grows in the yeah. Hearthstone world. Um, he was one of the top 10 streamers on Twitch a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Like across all of Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome crazy but like there's a lot of streamers who like have you know gone gone down that negative rabbit hole right and people will get turned off by that yeah. so you know I, I i say more power to you dog and and savits and whoever who's decided to switch games right like that's uh that's important like your your day-to-day -day mental health is important and if you feel like you're playing hearthstone and you're not enjoying it yeah dude don't do that <laughs> you shouldn't spend any day of your life like doing something you hate Mm -hmm. do what you love man and if you love hearthstone do that and don't let anybody tell you different those people are wrong <laughs> you just that's nice and continue on your merry way mm -hmm. so 
But thank you for the question, Alexis. Keep the questions coming. TACpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a question in the patron discord if you support us on Patreon. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank our patrons one more time over at patreon.com slash TAC supporting us. Thank you very much, especially our producers, Declan H, Sean C, and Cheesy Bob. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, you can check out the whole back catalog of episodes over at emove.tv. Every single episode you can go back to back when we had no idea what we were doing except playing Rogue, which means things haven't changed that much, I guess, because uh, we're just playing Rogue again if you want to win games. so <laughs> but Come full all, circle. It has. It has, although we're not just... Uh, coining out we're not coining scrub anymore no yeah it's not coin scrub it's not refresh your hero power to make it a two weapon or two damage dagger nope but we are still still, we are still we are still prepping we are definitely still still we are still casting preparation that is still happening but uh, some of us are still playing gadget sands yeah yeah go check all all of that if you can you can watch a back catalog on youtube.com slash a move tv and uh, uh dills i would say you're you're pretty consistent with with your 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 look your style but uh, it, it's like a like jocelyn's hair is a palette you'll just see all the colors of the rainbow if you go back through all the old episodes and mine is just like uh, edward scissorhands is my barber like the hair just continually changes form and shape it's just all different kinds of hedge sculptures it's great you should go well, i've lo- i've lost sleeves Throughout the period. Of the <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. I used to have sleeves. Yeah, they're all gone now. <laughs> no more sleeves because you moved to Texas. Yeah, you figured that it out when it happens. Yeah, it's a it, no, sleeve. Taking your sleeves off—that's like a cheat code for living in Texas. Exactly. You get to Texas and you just, they just they rip them off at the border as you. Cross <laughs> Welcome through. to Texas. Please hand oh, in your no. sleeves. <laughs> I have to keep that in mind for the end of the month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You'll be in Texas. You're going to be in like Texas, Texas, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm Dallas, man. I'm in Austin, Texas, which is like, yeah, it's Texas. That's, it's pretend Texas. <laughs> we got a good barbecue. Enjoy the barbecue while you're, mm-hmm. while you're there. Oh, I will. Sure. Eat, eat at least one pork product a day. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we go, uh, Dills, where can folks find you in your, your sleeveless shirts? Uh, you can find me on Twitch. I'm twitch.tv slash Willie Dills, and uh, Twitter is at Willie Dills. And uh, also you can check out the wrestling podcast. I do 100 wrestling on all podcast apps and stuff. And me and my co-host Lane are now considering doing some magic content. So if mm. you are currently enjoying magic arena, um, we might have some stuff in store for you pretty soon. I'm very excited about it. Cause I've been playing a lot of it or the spark is real good. I don't know if you guys have been playing any of it, but uh, yeah, that, that game just keeps getting better and better. They keep improving their client, making everything sweet. So you'll see a lot of my streams now will be like Hearthstone transitioning into Magic Arena at some point. Very cool. Jocelyn, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at Joss Plays. And uh, very soon on my general gaming podcast, Gamers In, we're going to be doing a deep dive into the Days Gone story, which um, uh, is what I've been just playing so, so much of. That I can't put that really good. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it makes me I heard, wish like, I had differing opinions, but yeah, I'm glad to hear someone saying that they really like it because it looks cool as hell. And I'm not a person who generally likes zombie stuff. Like I like Walking Dead, okay, but um, I don't seek out zombie games. I don't play a lot of them. So there's some so people many. are saying I, there are so many, and and some of them are saying that the, there's a lot of like zombie tropes in Days Gone, but that doesn't bother me because I don't play a lot of it, so it's newish to me. But uh, yeah, fast zombies are so fun to play against as enemies. Like they're actually scary. 
So uh, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. I I don't even know how I've played over a hundred in-game days because that's like Whoa. how many days since the um like since the apocalypse is why it's called Days Gone. So there's a constant counter of how ah, many have gone. So uh, yeah, it starts at like 740. So you start about two years after the apocalypse, and now I'm at like 850 something. <laughs> yeah, I played I played Damn. a lot. <laughs> All right. Remember, you, oh, yeah. I think Check you're the, the first overly positive reaction I've heard about that game. I really like it, and the story's pretty cool. So sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to hear more, check out the Gamers Inn. Nice, nice. I'm just I'm I'm saving my 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 zombie readiness for the sequel, to The Last of Us. That's that's mm. what I'm waiting for. Cannot wait for The Last of Us too. But in the meantime, I'm having a good time uh, spoiling the crap out of Game of Thrones with you on Embrace of Spoilers, which is back on the old Embrace of Spoilers feed or over on my R2-T2 feed. It's on both because I'm taking R2-T2 time to do it. Um, so everyone should go check that out. Everything else is at Move almost TV. done. It is almost <laughs> done. We have one episode left. One. Crazy. One. Almost a decade of my lifetime spent watching this show. Uh, well, not total, but yeah. It's been a fixture for a third of my life, and I'm going to miss it. Um, so go check that out. Embrace the spoilers. Rubber podcast can be found into the Nexus. Still going strong. Still talking about Heroes of the Storm. Uh, if you're in, if you in, if you like uh, Anduin, um, first of all, I forgive you. But he's also playable in Heroes of the Storm. So you can uh, learn all about that over on Into the Nexus and uh, everything else. Amove.tv. Go check it out going to wrap it up for this episode of the angry chicken we'll see you next week after we've actually had a chance to play dalaran heist but until then chaos be with you job's done job's done yeah This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.